Stretch forth your hands towards her. I'll say it, I said it earlier when Pastor Reg preached, and I'll say it again: is that we think that preaching and teaching is a light endeavor, but there's nothing light when it comes down to declaring the word of the Lord, because you now have the burden of the people upon your shoulder and the weight of God's glory upon your shoulders, and that's no light task. So we're praying today in the name of Jesus, the strength of God come upon you. God, that you would strengthen this mortal vessel, God. That you would endued her with power from on high. And Father, I pray as she cares and carries the burdens of your people, that Father, you would give her a revelatory word, a life-changing word. Let Rhema flow through this vessel from your logos. And Father, I declare and decree, O oh God, that lives would be transformed, that chains and shackles would be loose on today. That the captive eh, shall be set free. Father, that the sick would be healed from the preach-taught word of God. And Father, as she hides behind your sacred desk. Father, I thank you, God, that in humility, God, that your glory will flow through her. Now, it's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Can we celebrate the Lord on today? Hallelujah. God. Oh, come on. He said, let's celebrate the Lord today. I know he made the announcement about my graduation. We're not celebrating me. We came to celebrate Jesus and Jesus alone. Hallelujah. Because apart from him, I am nothing. And apart from him, I can do nothing. So can we celebrate the Lord today? Hallelujah. Our God is great and he is greatly to be praised on today. First giving honor to God this morning who is the head of my life. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And to my pastor, Apostle Dr. Keith Richard. First Lady, Lady Tanisha Richard. And to all of you, the Lord's people. We greet you in the name of the Lord on this morning. To our online viewers, we welcome you. Mama Ruby, my big sis over there. Rachel, amen. To my husband, amen. Oh, glory to my husband. Hallelujah. I thank God for him, amen, because I couldn't stand here and do what I do if I did not have him. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the wives are supposed to what? Submit to your husbands. Hello, somebody. And while the call is from God, I still have a duty here in the earth for him. Because the word of God says wives care for the things of their husbands and how they can, what concerns him. Amen. And so I thank God that I have a husband that allows me to tend to the things of God. Amen. He's cared for as well. He's not neglected. I promise y'all that. So thank God for my husband and my sons being in the house on today. Hallelujah. And to my roadies, hallelujah, that traveled in to celebrate my graduation with me. This is my prayer team, amen, my ministry team. This is, this is my lifeline, my girlfriends, my sisters. We don't share blood, but we share the blood of Christ, amen. And so to my big sisters in the Lord, amen, evangelist Eloise and evangelist Tawana who traveled from North Carolina and Delaware to be here in the house of the Lord on today. We thank God for the women of God. Hallelujah. And so we're going to get right into it on this morning. Is that all right? Hallelujah. I don't plan to be before you long unless I do. Amen. Amen. <laughs> 
glory to God. But real quick, um, just want to share, I did graduate yesterday from Hope Bible Institute, the Hope Bible Institute, with our bachelor's in theology and religious studies. And I, it was certainly a humbling, thank you, it was certainly a humbling journey. It was a journey that I, I questioned I've asked over the years, God, should I pursue certain areas of education? Should I go back? And so I'm a mother of six children. I know. No, no. I show it. I look like it. Amen. I'm a mother of six children and eight grandchildren. And when my youngest daughter got in college, I said, look, I can't tell these kids to pursue education and to keep going and to go all the way if I haven't done it for myself. And so I started out in one program, and my schedule was just always crazy, always busy, because ministry is just what I do, y'all. That's just who I am. So when it comes to the things of God and the people of God, everything else is it's just what I do. And so ministry obligations, family obligations, different things happened, and just school just was not a priority. And so I thank God for this program that allowed me to be able to get into it so that I can go. I'm pushing towards my doctorates. Amen. Because I want to be able to not only preach it, but practice it. Is that all right? Hallelujah. So now I can tell my kids to stay in school because I did. I graduated before my daughter graduated. Amen. She started college four years ago and I graduated before her. She graduates in the fall from Southeastern. So I, I can't wait for that. But I wanted to meet able to walk across the stage before any of them did and so I thank God for that and if you don't know I'm already in my in my my message so don't be timing me hallelujah I'm already in the word because again I said it was a journey I had my first baby when I was 14 years old grew up around drugs little city girl from Detroit Michigan grew up in the drug gang drug dealers up and through my house parents that were addicted to drugs alcoholics so my life should have been strung out in somebody's crack house my story should have been that I was a drunk that I was an alcoholic but God so even as a single mother at 14 having five children by the time I was 23 years old look what God can do if you put your life in his hands. I'm, I'm preaching already. Look what God can do. If you put your life in his hands. I sitting in a house on 4848 Oakman Boulevard. In Detroit, Michigan. On the west side of Detroit. Watching drug dealers pull in and out of my house. Every day and night having to abandon ship at times because they was getting ready to raid and we would have to jump out of windows and climb out basement windows and running down alleys and moving from one location to the next location trying to avoid raids and arrest. I'm just talking about me this morning. Not knowing if I was even going to live to see another day. Getting out just in time before the house got sprayed with bullets. I can remember one day coming home from school and two of the guys that used to hang out at the house had got into it. One rented a car and the other one drove off in the car and had been gone a couple of days. So when he showed up, they having a shootout right in front of my house. Wow, wow, west. Right in the middle of broad daylight and I'm walking home from school. It was a little corner restaurant and the guy ran out the restaurant and said, little girl, come in here. They out there shooting. I said, they're my people. And I just walked in the midst of what they, all up and down the highway, rolling, shooting at each other. I mean, it was the wild, wild west. And I just kept on walking and went inside my house like it was normal. Because for me, it was. But God, he had his hand on me, even when I didn't know, when I didn't see a way out. When I thought that nothing else could happen out of my life. He took something that was broken and he took something that was bitter and he took something that had been misused and abused and he made something beautiful. And he's still in the making. So whatever you've been through on this day, 
up to this day, whatever you've experienced in life, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Apostle has been teaching from the, the, the sermon series, Restored. To restore means to make, put something back in its original state. Or even make it better. God has an original state. He had an original plan for each and every one of us. And life may have come to challenge that plan. And it may have come and put a little rust on us. And it may have come and put a little dust on us. But God says, I'm here to restore. So let's look at the word of God real quick. And we're going to get out of this thing real, real quick this morning. Because I want to talk to you about the power of your testimony. I was looking at so many things this morning on what I could speak on. And I had been studying different things and... God kept saying, just give your testimony. I said, but it's not testimony service. It's Sunday morning, 1115 service at that. And so as I began to study, I clicked on YouTube because I always like to have a moment of meditation when I get in the word and a sermon popped up. The timing of your testimony. And I just kept on going to my little meditation music. Then a couple of days later, I was still studying what I thought y'all needed to hear this morning. And my cousin called me on the phone, and we were just talking. And out of the blue, she said, what, are, what project are you working on now? And I said, it's funny that you asked me that because I finally buckled down and I started writing. She said, well, what's the name of the book? I said, well, which one? Because I'm working on several projects. She said, the one that's your testimony. I said, okay, God, I surrender. (laughs) You want me to tell my testimony? I'm going to tell my testimony. And so, as I said, I I had five children by the time I was 23 years old. And God favored me. I was working for the bank, so I had a good job. I dropped out of school in eighth grade. I was pregnant dropped out of school, the state came in to remove me from my parents because of their addictions. And instead of going into a youth home, I decided I'd just run away and be free because you weren't going to put me with nobody else's family. That I, didn't. I know this crazy, but you ain't putting me with nobody else's crazy. So they took me from the home. The day I was supposed to graduate from uh, have my eighth grade promotion service, my mama said, don't you go to that ceremony. You know they looking for, I suggest you get out the house. I didn't go to my ceremony, but I stayed in the house. And guess who showed up? Protective Services and Detroit's finest. They took me, put me in the youth home. At the time, I was already pregnant. I was in that home for all the 24 hours. And I called my then children's father, boyfriend, and I said, look, here, this is where I'm at, and this is where I need you to be at this time tomorrow because I'm not staying here. And so I conjured up this plan of escape. And I ran, and I didn't look back. And we end up moving at 13 years old. I left my mother, my father, and everything I knew left Detroit, Michigan, and moved clear across the country to Portland, Oregon. And we lived with his grandmother. Had my first baby. No mother in sight. Had baby number two. Mama said, let me go come on down there. But I couldn't return to Michigan because at this point I was a ward of the state and now I was a fugitive of the state because I ran away from their custody. So I couldn't return home. I'm still a minor. And I didn't want to go through the process that it would have taken to put me back with my mother. She had got to cleaning up her life and cleaning herself up and was preparing to receive. Because it wasn't just me, but I had little brothers and sisters. And so in this process, I'm living in Portland, Oregon, and having baby after baby. And finally, I get 18, and I'm like, I'm bold and bad. Now I can go back to Detroit. They can't do nothing with me. So I go back home, pregnant with baby number three. And I get home and begin to live my life. But before I left Portland, like I said, I I stopped school in eighth grade. I completed my GED. 
So you're looking at a GED recipient. I want to tell y'all about what God can do. It's no strength or nothing of my own. I'm telling you about the power of God at work in your life. So don't dismiss yourself because of where you completed school or how you completed school or how much school you've even completed. All you got to do is submit to God. And he can take your little bit and make it much. And so I get back and I've decided I'm going to sign up with a, a temporary agency and start doing little odd jobs. I had in my, in my program, I went through a program that was sponsored through Job Corps. And so we learned to trade as well as completed our, our GED. And so my trade was administration, clerical. And so I began pursuing uh, jobs in that arena and one door opened another. I started out in a temporary agency and eventually would get hired into the bank. And so there begins my career. All of everything that I learned was because of my hunger and appetite to just not settle. Keep going. Don't just settle. Keep going. Keep aspiring. Don't limit God. See, we're limited, but God's not limited. So we have to avail ourselves and yield to what he wants to do in our life. And so um, I started working for the bank and, and, and just found favor. My grandfather was a pastor, so I was always in church to a degree, going to my grandparents' house on the weekend, going to church. Hated it. But I can appreciate everything now that he instilled in me in hindsight. And so I always knew the word, always, you know, was involved in in church things. But then at this point in my life, I was going back to my grandparents' church. I realized I needed something more. So I began to pursue a, a different experience. And there was a church down the street from my house. I put my kids in daycare there. And I said, you know what, I'm going to start going to that church. And that's where I began to acknowledge the call that was on my life. And so I, again, yielding to God and just really began to just sell out completely for God. Look, my kids, like, you drug us to church. We don't want to see another church. You had us on the back pew doing homework. We was there 24-7 But I thank God for that. And I often have to tell even my oldest son when we have conversations and he refers to that. If it wasn't for that time in my life, you wouldn't have had a mama. The church kept me. It kept me in in my mind. It kept me in my body. It kept me being in the church and giving myself over to the service of the Lord. It kept me from everything else I could have would have been doing. So it kept me. It was a purpose for that in my life. I might have been overpassionate, overzealous. Ain't nothing wrong with that because you don't know. Stop, look, leave the overzealous, overpassionate people alone because you don't know what it's doing for them. Because they can either be out on somebody's street corner or they can be in here working your nerves because they showing up every time the doors is open. They can be in somebody's drug house or they can be in here pushing a broom, seeing what else they can do. They just a busybody. Every time I look up, they somewhere. But I'd rather them be in the house of the Lord than anywhere else. So y'all leave us alone. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and so I started at the bank and was making a decent money for that day and, you know, single mother. I thank God that um, I didn't get child support. I don't thank God for that, but I thank God that he was my source. <laughs> so the only source of income that I had coming to me was from me working. I, I didn't get, you would think with five kids, you would be able to get some kind of little cash benefits from welfare people. Mm-mm, they didn't give me no money. But God, God kept me and he provided for me. He showed me and introduced me truly as Jehovah Jireh. God, my provider, he taught me early on how to trust him and how to depend on him and how to lean on him and him alone. I didn't have to trick with nobody to get rent paid. I didn't have to trick with nobody to get gym shoes for my baby. I didn't have to do none of that but trust God. I want to set somebody free today. And so in, in doing that and serving in the Lord, involved in anything that was going on, I was involved in, in the house of the Lord. And so I would meet my husband. He don't like to be talked about, but it's my story, so I can tell what I want to tell. A man who had no children, 
little country boy from Plaquemine, Louisiana, all the way up in Detroit, Michigan. We would be at the same place on the same night, his first time ever being there and last, and would make a connection. And here we are, 22 years later. Still making a connection. Hey, boo. But God will touch the heart of a man that had no kids. Working for General Motors, an engineer who was well educated. He was working on his master's when I met him. Had graduated from Southern University. Single man who could have had anybody. But God, who holds the hearts of kings, touched his heart and turned it towards me that he would take in me and my five children and become a provider, become a husband and become a father. Can I just testify this morning? And so we eventually moved back here and began our life here and I thank God for being able to make the connection even with Apostle Keith. And it was out of a terrible thing that even that connection was made. But God has a way of orchestrating things. I read somewhere in scripture that all things work together for the good. That what the enemy meant for evil, he'll turn it around. And so to make that connection and have someone that would pour into me and help cultivate the calling on my life and the gift that God has placed in me. But there's power in your testimony. So let's get to the word because I don't want y'all to say she just talked and didn't get no word today. Let's look at 2 Kings chapter 8 on today. I want to show you the power of your testimony. 2 Kings chapter 8. And when you get it, if you wouldn't mind standing on this morning in reverence of reading of God's word on today. Hallelujah. And I told y'all we we almost at the finish line. Glory to God. Second change chapter eight. I'm gonna begin reading at the first verse. But before we do that, can we make our faith confession on today? I want to be in order with the house on this morning. Hallelujah. Would you repeat after me as we're preparing to go before the word of or begin into the word of the Lord on today? Today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready and my mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. Let's pause right there. It says that I can be above and not beneath. That I can be the lender and not the borrower. That I can be the head and not the tail. So wherever you find yourself right now in life, as I've been giving my testimony, know that God's word is true. It can, you can be exactly what it says you can be, whether you came out of the crack house or out for drunken corner. You can be exactly what it says you can be. I believe what the word says about me. And if you didn't believe it, I'm standing proof. I am a living testimony. Amen. I am redeemed. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my house. I am more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. I'm blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. My church is blessed. I am blessed. Now, if you really believe that, come on and shout amen as we prepare 
Hallelujah. To look at 2 Kings chapter 8, starting in verse 1. I am reading from the NIV version. And the word of the Lord says, Now Elisha had said to the woman whose son he had restored to life. Back over in chapter 4. Go away with your family and stay for a while. Wherever you can. Because the Lord has decreed a famine in the land that will last seven years. The woman proceeded to do as the man of God said. It's something about being obedient to what the man of God says. That's another message for another day. She and her family went away and stayed in the land of the Philistines seven years. They are not our friends, but she went and stayed amongst the enemy. At the end of the seven years, she came back from the land of the Philistines and went to appeal to the king for her house and land. And the king was talking to Gehazi, the servant of the same man of God that told her to leave. And had said, tell me about all the great things Elisha has done. And just as Gehazi was talking talking to the king, I'm sorry, just as Gehazi was telling the king how Elisha had restored the dead to life, The woman whose son Elisha had brought back to life came to appeal to the king for her house and land. Gehazi said, this is the woman, my lord, the king, and this is her son. Can you imagine being in the midst of talking about something or something and it shows up right while you're in the midst? God is such a tangible God that if you believe what you say, it's going to show up right in your midst. That's the season that we're in. The manifestation of the testimony right in the midst of us. And the other side of that is God is talking about people on your behalf and you're going to walk in on something you don't even know nothing about, but it's for your favor. It's for your favor. He says, that's her whom Elisha restored to life, her son. The king asked the woman about it and she told him, she testified. Then he assigned an official to her case and said to him, give back everything that belonged to her, including all the income from her land from the day she left the country until now. Most gracious and eternal father, we thank you that you are the God that restores our soul and that which we thought was lost, Father. We thank you that you are restoring it now in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, look at your neighbor as you go to your seat and tell them to testify. Hallelujah. There is power in your testimony. Too many times we get embarrassed about our testimony. We don't want nobody to know about our humble beginnings. And we don't want nobody to know that we've been through somebody. And you certainly don't want nobody to know that the highest education that you had was eighth grade. That you're a GED recipient. But God, we got to testify. Because you don't know what your testimony is going to unlock for somebody else. And not only what your testimony is going to unlock for somebody else, but you don't know what your testimony is going to unlock for you. The woman coming before the king after being told to leave her land. Now let's go back and revisit who this woman is. This is the Shunammite woman from 2 Kings chapter 4, who was a wealthy, well-to-do woman. She had a husband. She had her own family, her her own land, her own this. And as the man of God would travel frequently, she was blessed by the man of God and inspired to the point where she decided, I want to be a blessing back to him. So she made a room in her home just for when he would come. You don't have to rent out nobody's hotel room. I got a place for you. When you want to come and run revival, you got your own bed. It's a lamp up there so you can study. I made it nice and cozy for you. The woman, just going to try to catch, the woman initiated this. Now, I know my husband lets me do a lot of things, but if I told him I wanted to make a room for another man to come and stay at his house, we're going to have some problems. 
And so as a result of her blessing the man of God, he was moved by this. And he said, listen, what can we speak into his servant? He said, what can we do for her? She's done this great thing for us. What can we do for her? And so they went to ask her, hey, what can we do for you? And she said, nothing. I'm good. I got my own money. I got my own car. I got my own house. I got my, I'm known in town. I don't, I'm good. I don't need anything from you. It's nice to be able to be a blessing without expecting anything in return. To just be able to give because God has moved upon your heart just to be a blessing. Not because I'm trying to hear. I don't say I love you because I want you to say it back. I say it because I really do love you. I'm not giving you a gift because I'm expecting one back. I just want to be a blessing. She wanted nothing from God. She just wanted to do something for God. Can we get to that place? Where we just go before God, not asking him for anything, but just yielding and saying, God, what can I do for you today? You've been so good to me. Even if I had 10,000 tongues, I couldn't praise you enough, but I yield to you, Lord. What can I do for you? And so as the story would continue in 2 Kings chapter 4, the man of God servant said, well, you know what? She doesn't want anything, but I've noticed she doesn't have a son. And her husband is a little older, so I'm not sure if they're going to be able to have one. And so the man of God comes to the woman and says, listen, this time next year, you're going to have a son. And he prophesies over her life. And the woman said, look here. Now, I told you I ain't want nothing. So don't be giving me no false hope because I didn't ask you for nothing. So don't be telling me something that ain't going to happen. But surely as he was a man of God, surely as that time of year came back around, she had a son. And as the story would continue, the boy goes out into the field one day where his father is working and he's complaining about his head. And the father sends him back in there with his mother since he's sick. Let that simmer for a minute. I was watching a movie last night and the little girl, we were trying to watch Heaven is for Real. And the little girl was having some issues with her stomach. And she woke up in the middle of the night screaming. Guess who name she called? Mama. Not to discount the daddies. Because I thank God for the daddies that step in in the sick times. Amen. But he sent them back to his mother. And when he got back to his mother and she's holding him in her arms, he was obviously old enough to go out to the field by himself, but he was obviously small enough for her to still hold him on her lap. He dies. The promise that God gave died. But she didn't settle for death. She didn't settle for loss. She didn't settle for a no. And so she goes and tells her servants to get ready to take me somewhere. And the husband's like, where are you going? What's going on? She doesn't even tell the husband, the daddy of the baby, what's going on. She just went through this thing alone. She had an all is well in her spirit. Despite what she was facing. Whatever you're going through, I don't care how dead it is. It might be your marriage. It might be a wayward child. It might be your daddy and job. It may be your business idea. Whatever it is, it might look dead to you. But if you give it back to God, he'll restore it. And so to fast forward through this story so we can get where we are here in in chapter 8. She runs to the man of God by way of chariot and he sees her far off. He sends the servant out to greet her. What's going on? Why are you here? And she don't, I don't want to talk to you because you're not the one that gave me the promise. Take me to him. And then she goes to him and he's like, what's going on? I, God has hid this thing from me. I don't, I don't know what's happening. And she begins to say, I told you, don't play with me. I told you don't get my hopes up high. Don't tell me something you're going to do and, 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 and don't do it and, and then don't do it and then take it back. Don't be no Indian giver. And so she says, look, my son is dad and I need you to come. Well, I'll send my servant. No, <laughs> I need you to come. 
See, it's okay to call the intercessors and it's okay to call a pastor and it's okay to get your, your prayer buddy on the phone. But some stuff that needs to happen in your life, you need to go straight to the one who can do it and do it well. God himself. And so as the story would go, the man of God returns with her. He lays on the sun. He goes through this process and life comes back into the boy's body. And now we see the boy and the mother showing up here in chapter 8. She has another meeting with Elisha. He warns her of the famine in the land, tells her to go anywhere you can. Now, he didn't give her specifics on where to go. So apparently, only this place is famine right now. You can go somewhere else, but this place right now, you need to leave. That means you need to leave your car. You need to leave your house. You need to leave your land. You need to leave everything that you have. What is famine? Famine represents a shortage. There was a shortage in the land Not necessarily in her life But in the land But some of us are dealing with shortages In our life I was dealing with the shortage And and that's why I had to make up my mind That I wasn't going to settle for just Having a GD That's why I had to make up on my mind That I wasn't going to just settle for Whatever job anybody would give me No, I'm going in there I'm going to be the best that I can be at what I do And I'm going to push my way And learn what I can I thank God for the internet But before they had the internet They had this thing called the library And you would go and check out books And you can learn about anything in the library And so I've always been one that likes to read. And so I would go and I would read and learn up on subjects and learn how to do stuff. Now you can just Google it. Got a YouTube video for everything. But that was not my journey. I had to learn and train myself up on the things that I wanted to become knowledgeable on. And the things I wanted to become efficient in. To the point that I worked for the bank from 1996 to 2000. I left the bank to go into full-time ministry to become the administrator for the ministry I was a part of at that time and be a full, in full-time ministry. And then I, from that position, I uh, took another position before getting married and coming down here. But needless to say, I left the bank in 2000. My efficiency caused my manager that I worked for, for the, at the bank for four years to seek me out two years ago. We hadn't been in touch. But one of our mutual friends called me one day and said, Anthony's trying to get in touch with you. He got some work he needs you to do. I hadn't worked for this man in years. Hadn't talked to this man in years. But he knew the type of person that I was and the type of worker that I was because of the grace of God that was upon my life. And so I'm telling you, don't stop. This woman didn't stop. She was determined. And so now that the famine has hit the land and the man of God has warned her about the famine, there's a shortage here. You need to go wherever you can. And she ends up with the Philistines. They were not friends to the children of Israel or none of their descendants. But she found her place of refuge among the enemy. We serve a God that is so sovereign and we serve a God that is so mighty and we serve a God that is so awesome that even in the midst of the enemy, he will hide you and he will protect you and he will cause your enemy to be your footstool and bless you in the midst of your famine. In the midst of your shortage, she found what she needed among the enemy. We don't have it here. You need to leave, but in the enemy's camp, She found food and water. That's why we got to be obedient to what God is doing. See, we're trying to figure it out. But God, the only other places that I can go right now is all enemy territory. Are you sure you want me to leave right here? Well, I'm just going to sit right here and wait it on out. And then Hurricane Katrina come. Because we ain't never seen one like this before. So we thought it was going to be okay. But then we find out on the after side that it's not. And so... Now that the seven years has passed, she's coming back. And the thing that I like about this is, back in that time, you couldn't come before the king without being summoned. You risked your life. His own wife couldn't come before him unless he extended a scepter to her or called her to come to him. And so here this woman that's been living in a foreign land among the enemies is coming back and she has made up her mind to just come before the king. 
Can I tell you, don't let nobody tell you you can't come to Jesus. Don't let nobody tell you you're not fit to come before the king. But you need to get yourself together. You're going to go in front of him like that, but you're still high. You're still drunk. At least have a cup of coffee before you go to church. No, come as you are. And when you get here, he'll get you to where you need to be. Just come. He wants to restore you back to your original state. And so here she comes before the king. And as she is coming God is already making preparation. The king has summoned the servant to Elisha the prophet and he's asking him, man, for real, tell me about some of his stuff y'all say he did. Man, for real, tell me about, well, there was this one time, you know, there was this woman who didn't have no kids and he had told her she was going to have a baby and then the baby died and then she came and got him. And while he's in the middle of the story, The thing that he's talking about shows up. The woman comes before him. And then the king looks at the woman and says, is he pulling my leg? Am I being punked? Where is Ashton at? He couldn't have really done all this stuff that you said he did. Because, you know, he had probably already told him about the time when the the kingdoms were coming against him and they were in their, their tent and Gehazi went outside and was like uh, Lord it's a whole bunch of people out there waiting to kill us <laughs> and Elisha turned over and said God opened up his eyes so he could see and went back to sleep because he wasn't moved and when God opened up his eyes he saw the chariots of the angels surrounding the very army he probably told him about that story and the king was probably like man no, that, ain't, that ain't happened tell me another story and so he went on to well you know there was this one time these Little kids was talking about him, and he called some bears out the woods. To <laughs> that ain't happened, man. T- tell me another story. Tell me something else that sound more real. Well, there was this woman that didn't have a baby, and the baby died, and he brought the baby back to life. And here comes the woman, and Gehazi said, "Listen, is what he's saying for real?" Now she didn't hear the story. But she testified. I don't know what he told you, but let me tell you what God has done for me. And as she began to tell her story, the king was moved. And he assigned an official to her case. He disregarded the fact that she was before him without being offered to come before him. And he told the official to give her back everything that belonged to her. So the land that she walked away from, the car that she left in the driveway, the house that she left sitting, give that back to her. But that's not enough. Because I see that the hand of God is upon her and that God has blessed her and that God has favored her. And and, and I want to experience some of these blessings. So let, let me pour into her life as well. It's not enough to just give her back everything that belongs to her, but give her back the income from her land from the day that she left until now. Seven years. Pay her back for seven years. Restore her back for the seven years that she lost because of her testimony. Now she could have came in there, not like I don't know this man and I don't know what he's talking about, or you know, that's my business. I don't want to really tell you, King, about what happened to me. I don't really want to talk about that. Was that's a sore spot for me. I don't really want to talk about it. But she testified. And the power of her testimony calls the king. Now they don't give this king a name, but theologians believe him to be the son of Jezebel. Anybody familiar with her? Which means he didn't come from a holy background. But God used the unholy thing to bless the one that had the faith in him. He used the king that would have been deemed as the evil king to bless 
this woman. It was something about this Shunammite's woman faith. It was something about this Shunammite's obedience. It was something about her resilience that even in times of toughness, even in times of tribulation, even in times of challenges, she didn't allow it to stop her nor to slow her down. Her son died on her lap. And she just laid him on the bed, told her husband everything is okay. And she kept on going. Famine hit the land. And she walked and lived among the enemies. She just lived her life like she was with her own people. Because she knew whose hand she was in. She knew who was her source. She knew who was her provider. She knew who was her protector. She knew who was the one that was able to keep her even in the midst of enemy territory. And today, as a result of her testimony, she was restored. The Bible lets us know in Revelation 12 and 11 that they overcome him, the evil one, by the blood of the lamb and the words of their testimony. Whatever you're going through, whatever you've been going through, whatever you've been dealing with, it's time for you to open up your mouth and testify. God, give God the glory. Come on, somebody. You need to tell the story so you can give God the glory because it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not even about what we've been through. It's about giving him the glory so that his mightiness, his awesomeness, his majesty can be released and manifested in the earth realm. So quit telling people, I don't want nobody to know. I'm too ashamed. He brought you through it, didn't he? And as the apostle teaches here in this house, if he brought you through it, he brought you out of it so that he can place you over it. Now I can tell other young girls that, baby, you don't have to look for love in all the wrong places. And just because you grew up around drugs don't mean you got to do them. And just because you grew up, grew up around alcohol don't mean you got to drink it. And just because you got five kids and you ain't but 20 years old don't mean that's the end of your story. All you got to do is yield to God. And what you thought was lost, he will restore. And not only will he restore it, he says, even give her back the income from the day she left. You got some back cake pay coming. You got some back blessings coming. Even from the day that it happened, God says, I've been watching your faithfulness and I've been watching your obedience. And I've been waiting for you to tell the story so that now I can restore you. See, because I can only get the glory if they know what you've been through. See, sometimes we see us in this state and we like, oh, I want to be like her and oh, I want to be like him and oh, look at them up there and everybody likes them and everybody, but you don't know what it took to get to this place. The sacrifice, the tears that were cried, the pain that was felt, the rejection that was dealt, you don't know what it took to get to this place. Until I testify. For some people that's the first time hearing that story. I don't even think my husband knew all of that. But I had to testify because God said there's somebody. That your testimony is going to set free today. It's somebody that's been living in enemy territory is somebody that had to walk away from everything is somebody that is experiencing a famine even now they're experiencing a shortage they're experiencing a loss they're experiencing a time of turmoil and God says I'm ready to restore them but I need them to tell the story if I can borrow from my spiritual father last week he told us that we had to one respond First, you need to respond to your circumstance. I'm going to use his words, but I'm going to give you a different scenario. She had to leave everything and go into a land. But after the seven years was completed, she responded. She said, I'm not settling for this. I know the king didn't call for me, but I'm going to take, I'm going to risk it to go before the king. Because when we read in Revelation chapter 12, 
the rest of that says we know oh we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony but there's another part to that scripture it says that we don't even consider our own life we don't even consider they did not love their lives much as to shrink from death she didn't love her life so much that she was not willing to die just to get an audience with the king she responded to her situation and her response was I'm not going to just settle I'm not just going to take this her response was I know what God did and I know what he's able to do so today we need to respond when we look at the Old Testament along the way the children of Israel built altars altars to worship altars to sacrifice but they also built altars of remembrance and some of us need to go back to what God did and remember because God if you raise my son back from the dead then certainly you can restore everything that I lost in this famine and then we need to release release that testimony you don't know who's going to be blessed and you don't know what blessings you're going to get as a result of it and then receive what God has for you receive all that God has for you quit dismissing yourself and discounting yourself because of where you come from because of what you think you know or think you don't know well I don't pray like them well I don't sing like them well I don't preach like them well I don't, I don't have an education like them and let the redeemed of the Lord say say so so what I'm putting my hand my life in God's hand so that I can receive everything that he has for me and then we got to run on and see what the end is going to be and I want to decree and declare in this house today that this is not the end of your story God has more for you than this. God has more for you than this. Just position yourself to receive. Can we stand all over the house today? God wants to restore us today. Maybe it's a marriage that needs to be restored. Maybe it's your peace that needs to be restored. Maybe it's the joy of salvation that needs to be restored. Because sometimes we've been doing this thing for so long and we've been walking and serving for so long that we lose our joy for the things of the Lord. So it's not always about a lack of money or it's not always about a lack of food, but maybe your shortage is the joy of the Lord. But whatever it is today, God is here to restore but when he restores, testify. Give him the glory. Let it be known the good deeds that he has done. Also that men would, so that you would let your light shine before men. That they would see your good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Testify. Boast on the goodness of the Lord. Because he's not a respecter of persons. And if he can bring me through everything that he brought me through, he can do it for each and every one of you. If there is one in the house today and you have not accepted Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sins, your first step is coming into relationship with him. First, you need to restore your relationship. Then you can go and testify like the woman at the well, I met a man who changed me, who saved me. So my first appeal is to that person that needs to get it right today. Give your life to Christ. Or maybe you need to recommit your life to Christ. The intercessors as long, uh, along with Apostle are down here waiting to pray with you on today. Don't let this moment pass. In order to get to the more, in order to be restored, to receive the restoration God has for you, in order to be able to testify to the goodness of the Lord, we got to first make this step. 
My second appeal is to that person that says, I'm in a famine. I'm experiencing a drought right now in my life. Maybe it's been a year. Maybe it's been seven months. Maybe it's been COVID. And you feel yourself separated and you feel yourself pulled away. And today, you want to return to yourself. You want to return to your land and claim back everything that you had to abandon. Won't you come this morning? Maybe it's that marriage. Maybe it's that child. Maybe it's that dream, that vision, that business idea that today you say, I need it restored. Today you say, I need it restored. You have an audience with the king this morning. You have an audience with the king. Won't you come and tell him what you want? He already knows what you need, but will you open up your mouth? He says, ask and you shall receive. Just remember to testify after you receive. Amen. Hallelujah. For those of you that are viewing online today, if you have decided to accept Jesus, would you just hashtag for us today, I have decided so that one of our leaders can reach out to you and let's solidify your decision today. We welcome you into the house of the Lord. The doors of the church are literally open. And the kingdom, the invitation is not to be a member of the church, but it's an invitation to become part of the body of Christ. So make that decision to accept Jesus today and allow one of our intercessors, one of our leaders to call you and pray with you, connect with you. Hashtag I have decided today. Hallelujah. And we invite you to come in and worship with us on Sundays, 9.15 and 11.15. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. We just want to pray over the house on this morning. As they are praying with those that came. Because the enemy will sometimes trick us up and there go this not testifying because let me tell you before you have the word testimony your testimony is in action because people are watching what you do and they're watching how you live and you are a living epistle and so sometimes we have to testify by just being bold enough to step out of our seat and come to the front so that our family can see I'm not ashamed of the gospel I'm not ashamed to get the help that I need. I'm not ashamed to get the healing that I need. So sometimes our testimony is just in us stepping out and making that walk. So would you testify today? God wants to do something amazing. And he's going to do something amazing. Hallelujah. As they are praying for these. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we pray now that you would move upon every heart and that you would move upon every mind and that every barrier, Father, that the enemy is trying to place before your people to keep them from giving their testimony and to keep them from testifying to the goodness of the Lord. We expose it now, Father, and we dismantle it now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for loosing chains and for breaking shackles now. We thank you, Father, for your love and for your grace and for your mercy that's resting on us now. And Father, we pray that you have your way in the hearts of your people, in their lives and in every situation, God, that they're believing you to move in. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Hallelujah. While they are yet ministering at the altar, can we receive apostle? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. One more time, clap your hands for Jesus. Amen. Can we clap our hands for Evangelist Tiffany for the word of God on this morning? Come on, clap your hands and celebrate her this morning. Amen. Testify the power of your testimony. And listen, if you don't have a church home, we want to extend that appeal out to you as well. Maybe you felt the Spirit of God tugging on you on today. 
in transition. Maybe it's your first, second, or even third time. But you felt the Spirit of God connecting you with Elevate Church today. If that's you, simply slip your hand in the air. Don't have a church home, but need one, need to connect. If that's you, just raise your hand in the air. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, y'all, to get excited. Amen. Connecting with the body of Christ. Anybody else? Anybody else today? Anyone else? Bless the Lord. Amen. As we get ready to depart to close out in service today, uh, we have also another ministry that has birthed out. It is the workplace uh, job skills, ages 14 to 24. So if you have teenage kids or young adults at home that are in need of a job, uh, this program will help find employment, train them, and they will pay their wages up to a whole year. $10 an hour. Amen. Y'all must make $11 an hour because y'all ain't excited about that. Or maybe it's $10.25. Paying $10 an hour. So employment for ages 14 through the summer. Uh, we've extended to age 14 throughout the summer. But after which from 16 to 24, uh, they'll be employed for a whole year. And salary will be paid by this program. Uh, so uh, that'll be, I think they're out in the foyer today. You can sign up in the foyer for that program as well. Or just see one of our ministry leaders for more information on that. Amen. All standing as we close out in prayer. Amen. Next Sunday is Mother's Day. Amen. So we're going to honor and celebrate all the moms in the house. We're also, amen, just take me down just a little bit, James. We're also on Mother's Day. We're going to do a balloon release for all of those who have lost their mother over the course of time. So uh, if your mother is not with us now amongst the land of the living, we want you to be here as well. We're going to do a memorial balloon release, amen, on next Sunday. Uh, we will have balloons uh, available. We're going to provide the balloons. So we just need you to show up as we honor and memorialize your lost one, your loved one, your mom. So uh, come in the house on Sunday. And then for those moms who are still amongst us, we're going to honor them as well. So get your mother in the house. If your mother be in the house, amen, on next Sunday. Were you blessed by the word of God on this morning? Turn to your neighbor right quick because I feel a little churchy. Turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, run until that. Amen. Turn to your other neighbor. Say, neighbor, run until that. Oh, y'all not talking to your neighbor. Smile real big at him and say, neighbor, run until that. Ask your neighbor, what's that? That's what my God has done. He's, he's healed me. He set me free. He's delivered me. He's provided for me. He's opened doors that's been shut in my life. The doors that have been closed, he opened up. And the ones that have been opened up, he shut because he has something better in store for me. Say, neighbor, run and tell that. What's that? Ah, he saved my kids and set them free. That's what that is. That my God is good. Father, now in the name of Jesus, as we depart from this place. Never departing from your presence. I pray, God, today that you bless these, your people. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Somebody say amen. If this is your first, second, or third time, I would love to meet you and greet you. Don't depart from this place without having an opportunity to meet you and greet you. We're going to close out in prayer and song. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done on today, Lord God. We lift you up, Father, and we pray, Lord God, that you will continue to cover and keep us, Lord God, as we go down these highways, these byways, Lord God. Just give us, Lord God, an assignment, Lord God, to minister to somebody on today, Lord God, and throughout the week. Lord, we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. He's gonna 